The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Wanted to get into this one. Really interested to see this uh, this story uh, tonight. And uh, we'll set it up like this, that it's difficult to identify those who go overseas to commit terrorist acts. More difficult, it's, uh, it's even more difficult to quantify the damage they've done. Now some numbers compiled by Global News give us a sense of the impact of Canadian terrorists overseas. Canadians who joined armed factions overseas are, listen to, the, listen to this, respond for more than 300 deaths and injuries over the past few years. Global National Investigative Reporter Stuart Bell has been working on this story. Hi, Stuart. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. My pleasure. Okay, let's start. Now, how did uh, this database, this no, all these numbers come together? How did you compile this? Well, I mean, first of all, the, the recent uh, defeat of ISIS in Syria, mm-hmm. at least the, uh, the Syrian Democratic Forces, uh, liberating the last area that Syria that the ISIS controlled uh it's a pretty big milestone i mm-hmm. think and uh, an opportunity to reflect on what's happened over the past few years which is that um a lot of um extremists have left various countries including Canada we call them extremist travelers and they've gone to places like Syria and Iraq and engaged in uh, in violence and joined terrorist factions so we wanted to look back and and try and measure as best we could the kind of damage they'd done. How many had they killed? How many injured? Who had they killed? From what nationalities? So um, we built a database that was based on uh, academic databases, <laughs> as well as other sources, you know, talking to, to people, talking to extremists themselves in some cases, and reading their um, their statements that they issue. So we came up with this number that I think is conservative, but is hmm. uh, is credible. And that's over 300 that have been killed and injured in attacks overseas in which Canadian um, perpetrators mm-hmm. were either like directly involved in the attacks or were accomplices in, in a very direct way. These, um, you call them extremist travelers, these people who are, these Canadians who are traveling overseas to, and, and committing, you know, terrorist acts, um, coming from all across the country, uh, coming from all across Canada, and, and what countries mainly were they going to? Yeah, I mean, B.C., uh, Alberta, there was quite a few, as you know, um, Ontario and Quebec mm-hmm. primarily. And over the the last uh, few years, it's been Syria and Iraq, which have been, particularly Syria, the main destinations. Um, but, you know, Canadians were active in a lot of other areas, too. There were attacks uh, in Algeria, in uh, in Bangladesh, very hmm. big attacks in Bangladesh that were orchestrated by a Canadian. Um, so it's, you know, it's it's not necessarily isolated in those one areas, but most of the attacks were isis related and were in uh, Syria or Iraq, although we found that the deadliest ones were actually committed by uh, the, the affiliates or factions of Al-Qaeda. Yeah, it was at Al-Shabaab or something. Eh? They're, they've been uh, uh, very busy. So um, when, when you're looking at this, and it's interesting, Stuart, you've been in the, in the news business a long time like, like I have been, and we hear about attacks, and we oftentimes don't hear 
Uh, well, certainly, I, I'm not sure that I've ever heard, and I've been doing this 30 years now, that a Canadian was was behind it, um, you know, when it when it happens in Iraq, Russia, Somalia, wherever it is, that a Canadian was involved. You know, m- once in a while you might hear it, but why do you think that is? Is it just we don't know at that point, and so it just kind of gets lost, uh, gets lost in the carnage? Well, these things are reported in many cases, but often after the fact. So yeah. it could be a year or so mm-hmm. after an actual attack before we know that it was a Canadian. Because, uh, um, you know, sometimes it's uh, a claim of responsibility that a group like ISIS will issue, or mm-hmm. I guess what they would call a martyrdom notice, where they, they issue some kind of statement that attributes a specific attack to somebody and then sort of gloriously betrays them. So there's a bit of a time lag. It's a, it's I don't know, and it's it's also there's a sense I think in Canada um, those who become radicalized and depart that this sort of um, they're not our problem anymore. We yeah. kind of forget about them. But I think when you look at the kind of damage that they do, you know, we're talking about um, mass killings yeah. here committed by Canadians. Uh, it's just that they're committing those crimes in other countries but when you uh, you really look closely at the kind of things that they've done um it's it's quite sobering and raises all kinds of issues about the uh you know number one uh the sort of responsibility to prevent those that that are intending to do these kind of things from leaving and second of all for those who survive um and want to come back. Well, and I wanted to, to talk to you about to that story. Yeah. So what is Canada doing to try and stop it, or what has it tried to do? Well, first of all, uh, one of the things that is very apparent when I looked at these uh, attacks is, is almost all the people that committed these attacks are dead. Yeah. Some of them were suicide attacks. Uh, some of them just, you know, they were killed um, by forces during during these attacks. Um, there were a few that did survive, and there's at least a couple that um, uh, are living, one, at least a couple freely. A few people that are were probably involved in killings uh, have been captured huh. um, and want to come back. So there's that question in terms of do we want to leave these people to... Um, their fates in the mm-hmm. sense that they left and made their choice mm-hmm. and are overseas mm-hmm. or do we want to return them and put them on trial under our system I do it here yeah I mean I think you counted at one point didn't they have a bit of a no fly well they had the no fly list wasn't that kind of a, a part of, of this to try and I mean you're 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 just throwing things out a wall if you're just trying to guess who might be leaving Canada as a traveler to go to go over unless you're doing some heavy duty intel on people and get tipped off uh, you know for example at the airport and, and get them on the way out the door like how do you know who's going over to do this yeah, it's not easy, and it's been made more difficult by the terrorist groups themselves, which mm-hmm. have figured out um, ways of trying to evade detection. You know, for example, early on, um, people would fly directly from Toronto uh, to Istanbul yeah. and then make their way to the Syrian border. Um, hmm. They figured out very quickly that, that that wasn't a smart thing to do. So subsequently, they began flying to transit countries, and then they would buy their 
ticket for their next leg yeah. of their flight from there yeah. and take some t- sometimes confusing journeys that uh, that wouldn't tip them off. So, you know, and for the police to prevent a traveler from leaving Canada, they need to have pretty solid evidence, mm-hmm. and it's not always there. So there were, even though uh, Canada did begin as early as 2014, really, trying to stop them by seizing passports, stopping people at airports, uh, putting them on the no-fly list, sometimes having, if they've already left Canada, having uh, partners like Turkey uh, intercept them when they arrive. But there were still a lot that made it out. Were you able to, I know it wasn't necessarily the focus of this, but I'm guessing it might have come up uh, during your investigation about how these people, how these terrorists have become radicalized? Well, there's a lot of research going on yeah. in that topic, and the overwhelming conclusion from all, almost all of it is that there's really no one pattern, that everybody is sort of unique in how they arrive at yeah. that. Um, and it's a combination of so many different factors. And, um, you know, I find that when I look into the lives of these people, they almost always tend to have some something else in their past that uh, that has driven them to this, that, hmm. you know, they're failing in some way or another. Um, and uh, the ideology becomes some kind of a, a way out of, a life that isn't working out for them. Yeah, Stuart Bell, investigative reporter with Global News, working on this project for uh, for a while now. Looking forward to seeing it uh, roll out. Uh, I'm guessing starting tonight on Global National. I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> You're like, hey, I've done it. It's done. We'll get it on the air. Stuart Bell, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you very much. You betcha. Uh, Stuart Bell out of uh, Toronto tonight. And yeah, Global National is going to be rolled out across the country. Interesting, though, eh, about about Canadians who uh, become radicalized and who travel to other countries and are, and are committing terrorist acts. They're terrorists. Um, and um, as Stuart put together this, uh, this report, kind of looking at all of these, and you can read, there's a really great uh, link to his story on... Uh, on the Global Edmonton Facebook page right now, we're at globalnews.ca, and it breaks it all down in kind of a number of these incidents, um, incidents, these attacks um, that have happened and where they've happened and how many have died. But as he said, you know, over 300 deaths and injuries over the past few years. He says since 2012, Canadian terrorists have killed more than 125 people, over 180 injured um, in, in numerous countries around the world. And you know, that other question, and we've been talking about that over the past uh, number of years, you know, the ones who survive and now want to come back to Canada, what do you do with them? I'm saying, uh-uh. No, you stay there. You you made your bed. You you, you can lie on it over there. Um, sorry about that one. Um, wait, we're trying to keep potential car- terrorists in Canada. I say, let them out never to return if we can help it. I don't follow the logic, says this says this uh, text. Uh, Daryl, good friend Daryl of the thro- of the show says, let those who choose to do bad deeds under the Canadian flag to their own demise if caught. And um, this one, I think with looking at these people is dangerous. We also need to look at those who go abroad, abroad to join any forces. For example, those who go abroad to join the Israeli army, uh, especially those, especially considering the war crimes that uh, some of these countries are committing. So anyway, it's an interesting topic, uh, interesting story and you'll be able to check it out tonight on Global News. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.